Hello. We are excited that you have decided to join us today via our podcast. There are other ways you can join. You can watch us live on Facebook, YouTube, and Roku under the Miracle Temple Deliverance Ministries or on our website at www.mtdm.org. You can also join us in the sanctuary at 401 North Wright Street, Bergaw, North Carolina, 28425, every Sunday morning at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time and Tuesdays at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. If you would like to give a donation, you can go to our website and click the donation button at www.mtdm.org. Every attack and every assignment that the enemy has sent out against us on this morning. I thank you that what he has meant for our harm. God, you have turned it around and you have made it for our good on this morning. God, I thank you that it's not by might nor by power, but it is by your spirit on today. I thank you, Father God, for the help, our helper, which is the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, lead us, guide us into all truth. Reveal unto us today. Be our comforter and be our teacher. And Father, I thank you on today that I have been, we have been crucified with Christ. And it's no longer us who live, but it's Christ who lives in us. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, God is still good. Say, neighbor, God is still good. Say, in spite of the heat, God is still good. Say, in spite of the heat, you can still give him praise. Hallelujah. As I'm standing here, I'm reminded to some clubbers that used to go to the clubs. You weren't worrying about no heat. You weren't even worrying about no air. Only thing you did was go on that floor and do what you normally do, sweat and all. But when it comes to God, that's when we like cut out on God and say, I can't take it. But if you trust in him, amen. Turn with me to 2 Corinthians 5, 7, and let's hear what God has to say unto the church on today. I believe God has a word for his people, and we want to open our hearts to hear what God has to say. Open your Bibles. Open your iPhone, your iPad, whatever you have, have, so we can go into the Word of God. I'll be reading out the New King James Version. 2 Corinthians 5, 7, and I believe all of us are familiar with this verse of Scripture. It says, for we walk by faith, not by sight. You may be seated. I want to talk about walking by faith and When you look at that verse of scripture, that walk means to live. It means to live by what you believe. So we want to live by what we believe. But I believe the problem in the body of Christ is if you are not believing in what God has done, you can't live by it. So I want to go back. Um, Last week, I talked about assuring your heart. Every day we have to assure our heart to what God has already done on our behalf. To assure your heart, you got to have confidence. You got to be persuaded. And when you have that confidence, that means that you have a surety. 
and what you believe. You believe in, in truth. And in order to uh, know the truth, you have to go into the word of God and renew your mind according to the truth. Because the Bible says that when you know the truth, it's knowing the truth is what makes you free. Some of us take verses of scripture and we try to use those scriptures, but we don't believe in those scriptures. So it's time for us to believe in what God has already done. When we go back to the Garden of Eden, in the Garden of Eden, God set up everything the way he wanted it to be. And when he got it the way he wanted it to be by speaking it into existence, this is why the Bible says by faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. Because when God said, let there be, the Bible say, and there was, and then he saw what he had created. So what God did, he put everything in place. When he got everything in place the way it needed to be, that's when he created man. And he put man in the midst of everything that he created. So that means that God set it up for man. He gave man everything that he needed and God said it was good. And then he said it was very good. So there was no evil there. So he gave that man a commission. He told that man, he said, I want you to tend to this garden. I want you to keep this garden, meaning that I want you to watch over this garden. I want you to protect this garden. He said, but don't eat from the tree of knowledge of good and evil. He said, when you eat of that tree, you shall surely die. So before man ate from that tree, their dependency was on God and God alone. They trusted in God. They didn't know any evil. The only thing they knew was good. And everything that God created was good. There was no sickness. There was no pain. Everything that they needed, they had. They were in paradise. Nothing missing. Nothing broken. And that's why we can call him Jehovah Shalom. He is the God of peace. So when we look at peace, we look at completeness. Everything is complete. Nothing missing, nothing broken. But we have to understand that when we're in a place with God, the enemy, he's going to come in to try to take us out of that place. But I want you to understand that God has given us something that the enemy didn't have, which was dominion. He gave us the right to rule and reign over his creation. The heavens and the heavens are the Lord's. But the Bible says the earth he has given to the children of men. So I want to encourage you today to let you know you're calling on God to do something. But God said, I have given you the right to rule and reign over this earth. He said, this is your territory. He said, mine is in heaven. The moment that you speak those things that be not as though they were. God said, I open up the heaven. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you bind on earth, it, you have to do it first in order for heaven to do it. Whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. So if you're not saying anything and you're not doing anything, I'm here to tell you today, it's not going to get done. Some of us have prayers begging God to do something. God said, evidently, you don't know what I have already done. You don't know what I have placed in your hand. We have everything we need to do what needs to be done on this earth. But the problem is we're still saying, well, you know, God is sovereign. God is in control. God has given us that right. Yes, he's sovereign. Yes, God is in control. But he's given that control unto us. Amen. So we have to understand that we have to use what God has given us. If you do not use 
what God has given you, guess what? It's not getting done. Because God has done everything that needs to be done. So God is saying today, you got to begin to speak. You got to begin to speak, not only speak, but you got to believe what you're speaking. So when we go back to Adam and we go back to Eve, he said, okay, you got dominion. You got the right to rule. You got the right to reign over everything that's on this earth. So he said, I want you to get the job done down here. So the enemy knew their rights. He knew that they had dominion. He knew he didn't have any. So he said, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to go into the Garden of Eden, and I'm going to use what God has created for good, and I'm going to turn it around for evil. Now, check this. He didn't use a lion. He didn't use a bear. He could have used them to come in and attack them, but that's not what he wanted. See, he had to misguide them. He had to use deception. So what he did, y'all know what he told Eve. He really said, did God really say? See, he's trying to bring doubt because remember their dependency was upon God. God wanted them to depend on him. Everything that they needed came from God. So they would have to lean and depend on him, trust in him. So when the enemy deceived them, we know that Eve, she wasn't paying attention to that tree. So the enemy had to get her attention on something that God told her not to eat from. Now, this is what the enemy is doing to us today. When God is giving you a promise, when God is giving you that promise, that's his word. He's not going to change his mind no matter what you do and no matter what you say. God is going to stand on his word. So when he deceived Eve and when she began to look at that tree, the Bible says that there's the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. These are the things that the enemy used to take take our focus away from what God has told us to do. So Eve ate from the tree. She gave some to her husband. When she gave some to her husband, the Bible says both of their eyes were open. Now, This is naturally. They're seeing naturally before they were seeing spiritually. That means that everything they saw was in the spirit. And see, this is what the enemy wants us to do. Understand, you are a three-part being. When you accepted Jesus as your Lord and as your Savior, you got saved. Your spirit is what got saved. Your spirit is what got born again. Your soul, which is your mind, your will, and your emotions did not get saved. Your soul have to be renewed, your mind, on a daily basis to know who you are now that you're in Christ. When your mind is renewed and you know who you are, you're going to connect with the real you, which is the spirit, and then it's going to flow out to your body, and that's how you're going to live according to who you are. I want y'all to catch this. Some of us are living according to how we feel. Some of us are living according to our he motions and she motions instead of trusting in what God has already said about us. So this is the way that they begin to see themselves naked. Now before when they were naked, they were not ashamed because there was no shame there because everything was good. There was no evil. So now they're ashamed, now they're afraid, now they're hiding from God. And then God began to call out first and foremost. He said, Adam, where are you? He didn't say Eve. He said Adam because Adam had headship in that home. 
He gave the command to Adam. Adam gave the command to Eve. See, a man need to be in headship over his home. A man need to lead his home in the right way that that home should go. And then Eve, she messed it up a little bit. She said, God said, don't even touch it. The Bible said, don't add to the word. Don't even take away from the word. And sometimes we add to the word based on how we feel. We want to add a little here, add a little there. And then the word is out of alignment and it's not by what God has said. So we know that sin came into the world. And sin had to be dealt with. But God in his mercy. Can somebody say we have a merciful God? Can somebody say we're serving a merciful God? Did you know that he gives you new mercy? Oh my goodness. Do y'all realize what that means? Every day he had to give you new mercy. Because he knew we were going to mess up. Now I want you to hold on to that. See the enemy want to make you feel condemned. He wants you to make you feel guilty. But when you know what God has done, you can stand on what God has done outside of what you done. So Adam and Eve, they were wrong. So they began to sew fig leaves together to cover up their nakedness. This is self-righteousness. See, before their dependency was on God, they were God conscious. Now they're self-conscious. Now they're sin-conscious. And this is where we are today, even in the church. We're more sin-conscious than we're God-conscious because of the things we watch, because of the things that we hear, because, you know, we are human. But this is why you got to know more about him than you know about what's going on in the world. Some of us say we love Jesus, but we know more about what the world is doing than what the word of God has said. Come on. This is where our attention goes. We go on the new trends of the world. We go on what the world is doing now. Oh, you can't do this. This ain't what they're doing now. But that's not who I am. Let me say this. You can't do this. Because that's not what they're doing now. Who have heard that? What is God doing now? What have God said now? So we can't go on what they do. We have to go on what the word of God says. Or what the word tell us to do. So even though they had sinned, God was still merciful. He was still a loving God. He ended up killing an animal, which blood was shed, and he covered them. So then God had to take them out of the Garden of Eden. He said, because if you eat from the tree of life, you're going to live in this sinful condition forever, and you'll never die. He said, so I already had a plan of redemption, and that plan came through Jesus because he could not find no man. Nobody nowhere to pay the price for sin. See, sin separated us from God. Our iniquities, our transgressions separated us from God. And that way God could not hear us because there was a separation. When you look at the tabernacle, I'm going on to Moses. But before I go to Moses, I'm going to back up a little bit. That after they did sin, we saw sin. We saw killing. We saw King killing Abel because he was um, jealous over Abel because he was rejected because God didn't accept his sacrifice, but accepted Abel's sacrifice. Then you go on through the Bible and you see sin that's so rapid that God said, I'm going to have to literally destroy this earth. 
I'm going to have to destroy the world because of this sin. He said, it, it, God said, I repent that I have created man. And the reason why, because sin was before them, but they thought it was normal. They thought, come on, look at society that we're living in today. People are doing some stuff. And we know that it's not right, but they think it's normal. They think it's okay to kill somebody because they slap you or, or to rob somebody because you need money. Come on, it's getting worse. Sin is running rapid and it's going to get even worse. This is why I want to talk about living by faith. This is how we have to live. We have to live by faith. We have to live by what we believe because the world is steady changing, y'all. It ain't going to get no better. It's going to get worse. I want y'all to hear me. It ain't going to get no better. It's going to get worse. Come on, let's go back to Egypt. When they were in Egypt. Now, Joseph, we know he came through. God had a plan through Joseph. And God worked it out through Joseph. But look at how when they told, he told Abraham, they're going to go to Egypt for 400 and some years. He said, but I'm going to bring them out. Wait a minute, y'all. Seemed like to me that would have been disturbing for me. What about you? You going through something and God's speaking to you. He says, it's going to be all right, baby. You're going to go through it for about 10 years, but you're going to come out. God, come on now, not 10 years. God, I want this to be over. It was over before it started. And this is why you got to live by faith, meaning that you got to live on what God is saying, not on what's around you. So he told him after 400 and some years, I'm going to bring them out. Abraham had a promise from God. He had a promise that whatever God said he was going to do, he was going to do it. Abraham said, I don't even have to be here to see it. I know it's already done. That's faith. Faith is believing in what you don't see. See, some of us say, I got to see that man. I got to see that woman. I got to see that baby first before I believe it. But when you trust in God, The kind of faith that God has says, God, I don't have to see nothing naturally to know you already done it. If you said it, it's already done. So I'm not going on how I feel. I'm not going on what people are saying. I'm going on what you have already said. Y'all, it's already written. We don't have to wait on nothing else to be written. God has already written what he's going to write. He's not going to do anything else. So he had that plan of redemption. But they had to go through some things. And I know some of us in this place today are going through some things. Some of us may not be going through as much as other people are going through. But going through is going through. Somebody may be going through in their body. Somebody may be going through in their finances. Somebody may be going through with their children. Somebody may be going through on their job. Somebody may be going through with their animals. Going through is going through. But it might be somebody in here going through all of it. Come on, somebody. It's one trial after another. So when they were in Egypt, they were going through. And when they were going through, God heard their cries. Can you imagine? Now, God said they're going to be there for 400 and some years, but I'm going to bring them out. Catch it. God said, but I'm going to bring them out. See, he wasn't waiting on them. Y'all don't hear me. See, sometimes we try to bring ourselves out of the trial. Sometimes we try to make a way to make our finances right. Sometimes we try to make a way for somebody to like us. Sometimes we try to make a way for us to be loved. Come on. 
I'm talking to somebody in this place. Sometimes we try to make a way for the wife to love us, for the husband to love us, for the children to love us, for our friends to love us. But I'm here to tell you that God has already made the way. And when you know the way that he's made, you ain't looking for nobody else to do. I want to say it again. When you know what God has done, you ain't waiting on nobody else to do nothing. See, our problem is we want man to show up and show out when God has already done done that through his son. So when they were in Egypt and they began to cry out, y'all, they were going through some oppression in Egypt because they were different. They were going through some challenges. They were going through some difficulties. And when they were going through those things, God told Moses, I have heard the cry of my people. I have seen their afflictions and how they're oppressed. And I'm coming down to bring them out of Egypt. So he had to have somebody to bring them out. Because see, God is a spirit. And those that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. So God said, you know what? I'm in heaven, but I'm going to use a man to act on my behalf, to represent me here on the earth. So Moses was that man, and Moses had to do exactly what God told him to do. But first God said, I got to get Moses in a place to know Moses. It ain't going to be you that do it. It's going to be me that's acting through you. So God began to train Moses He began to talk to Moses and tell Moses different things and show Moses different things. But then it got to the part God began to show him his power, show him his might. But when it got to the part with Moses, when he told Moses, he said, now I want you to go tell Pharaoh. Moses felt inadequate. He felt like, you know, I can't talk. I can't speak. God began to get angry with Moses, but God said, who created a mouth? God knew, Moses, look, I'm here for you. No matter what you're lacking, everything that you need ain't in you, Moses, it's in me. So God was letting Moses know, I want you to trust me. I don't want you to trust in yourself. So as Moses began to hear God, he sent Aaron with him. And y'all know how the 10 plagues went on, but there was one last plague. And that plague was the shedding of blood. And what God had to do, God had to let them know how important the blood was. And I believe that we don't even know today how important the blood was. And the blood still is. When God told them what to do with that blood, he said, I want you to place that blood on the doorposts of the the door. That means on the outside of the door. They were inside. He said, as long as that blood is on that door and I see the blood, death is going to pass you by. God said, I'm going to have to see the blood because if I don't see the blood, my wrath is going to overtake you too. So God had to see the blood. The blood wasn't for us. It was for God to see. That blood by God seeing that blood, it saved them from God's wrath. So we have to have faith. And what the blood has done. And that blood was shed through Jesus Christ. So as you go through the Bible, you see that God used many people in the Bible that trusted in him. Even though the world was tore up. I'm going to back up a little bit more because the Holy Spirit is taking me back. It's it's just like he's giving me a, a, what you call that, line, timeline. He said, you're going too fast. Go back. I I don't want to miss nothing. 
When we get to the part when God saw the evil in the world, the evil was so evil, so wicked. He said he was going to describe the world, but Noah, Noah was righteous. Even though Noah was in that wicked world, Noah still was believing God. He was still trusting God. So God chose Noah and he said, Noah, I want you to build an ark. We're still talking about faith. Now, Noah didn't know how to build no ark. But what God told him to do it, he was going to trust God knowing that he could do it because God is going to be there to help him do it. Have you ever thought about that ark and how God told him that ark should be? So he followed everything that God told him to do. He built the ark. And after he built the ark, God told him how many animals to take in the ark, told him his family to take in the ark. And guess what? He said, when all of y'all get in there, God shut the door. That's talking about salvation, actually, because they were so wicked. They didn't want to believe God. They didn't want to believe that it was going to rain on the earth. They were laughing at Noah. But when the door was shut, they were left behind. So we we moving forward. The reason why I'm using all that, it had to take faith with Noah to build what? To build the ark. He had to hear God. It wasn't about him being a a builder or, or in construction. It was about him hearing God and doing what God was telling him to do. And then he would see the outcome. Noah saw the outcome. So I want to ask you today, have you taken the word that God has given you and have you seen the outcome? I don't hear nobody. Have God given you a word and you seen the outcome from that word? Okay, um, hold that thought. Because we're going back to walking by faith and not by sight. That means that I have to live by what I believe and not by what I see. This is who we are. So the moment that you accept Jesus, see, Jesus had to die on our behalf. The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through who? Through Jesus Christ. Nobody, no man on earth could meet the standards of God. Because when God brought those laws forth, he brought those laws forth so they could see sin. So sin could come alive. Sin was actually dead until the commandment came. When that command came and said, do not do, that's when that sin nature that was in us, used to be in us, would rise up and do what we're told not to do. So that's when they knew they needed a savior because they couldn't keep God's commands because every time God said don't, they did. So that the law is what brings you to Christ. So he had to have those laws in order for them to see that they were wrong. So they can come to him. And as you know, in the Bible, every time they messed up, oh, please, 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 Moses, please. He would intercede for them and a little bit, they would be all right. Then they'll start complaining again. Come on. If you had a wilderness experience, God said, you're going to go in this wilderness, but you're not going alone. I'm going to be a cloud by day. I'm going to be a fire by night. He said, everything you need, I want you to trust me in this wilderness. So that's what God was teaching them to depend on him. The Bible said their clothes did not even wear out. Their shoes didn't wear. Can y'all imagine the same pair of shoes? Come on, somebody. After 40 years, did not wear out. Why? Because they was trusting God. Some people would say, come on now. I go on what the words say. 
So did not wear out because they was trusting God when they needed water. Come on, water came from the rock. Jesus is that rock. Everything that they needed was already there. Every place that the soles of their feet was treading. God said, you're going to possess that land. Why? Because I am with you. Do you know what you have? It don't matter. No matter where you go, God said, I'm going to be with you and provision is going to be there for you. I don't care if you in the midst of a desert people, God said, I'm there. And if Jehovah Shammah is there, water going to be there. Food is going to be there. Clothes is going to be there. God said, do you think I'm going to send you somewhere and not going to supply for where I have sent you? Oh, I'm going to go back on you. Y'all remember Elijah? Elijah spoke a word in 1 Kings 17. He said, by my word, there will not be rain until I speak again. I'm paraphrasing it. Those people probably looked at Elijah crazy. But for three years, there was no rain. But this is what God does. Come on, y'all. I'm getting happy up here. This is what God does. God is not going to send you to give a word without taking care of the one he gave the word to. Now, Elijah was also in the midst of this famine. Come on, we would say, okay, God, I'm, I'm, I'm delivered this word, but just send me back to my house where I got food, where I got water, where I got everything. Now, I done done what you said. Now, I just want you to take me out of this famine. How many of us feel that way today? How many of us, when COVID was here, said, God, take me out of COVID. God said, I'm going to put you in the midst of COVID. Uh Uh-oh. Going somewhere with Elijah. Elijah was in the midst of the famine. But he had to hear from God. Ask your neighbor, say, have you heard from God lately? Say, for real, have you really heard from God lately? Mm. So Elijah had to hear from God to hear. So the next thing, God is only going to tell you little by little people. God's not going to give you his whole plan. Why? Because we'll mess it up. Because we'll say, I don't know if that's God. I ain't doing that right now. But what God did, he gave him little by little. The next thing he told him, he said, you know what? I want you to go by this brook. And I want you to stay by this brook. And the raven is going to feed you. How many of us would have said, ain't no nasty bird bringing me nothing? That ain't God, ain't nothing but the devil talking about a raven bringing me. So I ain't taking that from that raven. Ain't t- no telling where in mouth beak been. <laughs> Come on, some of us are so arrogant. What if God told you, I want you to go home in the midst of a famine and I want you to stay there and I'm going to send this bum to your house to bring you some food. Oh, no, you ain't. Not at this house. No, not a bum. God can use whomever he chooses to use. He just wants you to be obedient to his word. Some of us get so high, so did he? We look out the door and say, that sure is a bum. But he ain't coming up in here. And you go hide and miss what God have. So the raven came, just like God said. And the raven fed him there. But guess what, y'all? The brook, it dried up. What kind of God would put you in front of a brook? <laughs> And it's going to dry up. This kind of God is saying, depend on me. That brook is already going to dry up. 
I already knew it was going to dry up, but you don't look at the brook. Y'all don't get it. You look to me. These things are going to happen, but I still want you to focus on me. So then he told Elijah, he said, Elijah, I want you to go. What is it? Seraphath? What is that place called? Zarephath. I want you to go there. And he said, I have a widow woman that's going to sustain you there. So each time something happened, God already worked it out. The only thing Elijah had to do was take heed to what God was saying. So Elijah went to this widow woman and this widow woman, supposedly God had already talked to her. I believe he had already spoken with her. So soon as Elijah said, now I want you to go fix me some bread, bring me some water. Now the water was easy, but she said, I only have this, you know, this little bit of bread, da, 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 da. And I'm going to fix it for me and my son and we're going to die. Come on, somebody. She didn't know God as well. She heard that he was coming. But she was ready to give up and die. Elijah said, do as you said, but give me the first piece. Uh Uh-oh. How many of us today are in a place that when we low on something and it's just enough for us, God have the audacity to you to send somebody to your house and tell you to feed them some of your pork chops. And you only had two pieces for you and your husband. And God said, I want you to feed them. And so they said, I want the first piece. Toy said, no, you ain't. You ain't getting no first piece up in here. You might not get no pork chop. Now I give you a little bit of this rice, but you ain't getting a bit of this pork chop. Y'all know how we, we get when it comes to meat. But she did what Elijah said. And as she did what Elijah said, the Bible said she had more. Then enough. Y'all got to follow the steps. Come on, go back to what was happening with Elijah. It wasn't only happening with Elijah, it was happening with other people. But God was sending Elijah as his mouthpiece to say, I'm going to show you how to live in such a time as this. But God had to show Elijah how to live before he showed somebody else. Oh, through Elijah. I'm going to say it again. God had to show Elijah how to live before he can help somebody else through Elijah. You trying to help somebody else and you still don't know how to live by what you believe. Let's just let that marinate. Because some of us is telling somebody how to handle what they have. But you won't let go of what you have to help somebody else. Because you're afraid if I let go of this, I'm not going to have enough. Come on, somebody. That's not living by what you believe. Living by what you believe and walking by faith. And not by sight means that if God is telling me to give somebody something, evidently he already made provision for what I'm getting ready to give. See, that's my relationship that I have with God, knowing that God ain't going to leave me empty. Knowing that God is not going to leave me without. So when the word tells you to do something, you need to do it quick, fast, and in a hurry. Because that's God speaking unto you. When the word tells you to give, he's saying give. Because when you give, it's going to be given back to you. But if you don't give, you ain't getting nothing back. So why do we hold on to what we got? Because it's a fear. It's a fear. 
You ain't walking by faith. You walking by sight. You walking by what's in your bank account. You walking by what you believe. You ain't walking by what the word of God says. As long as you do what God say, you're going to always have provision. You're going to always have more than enough. But let me tell you something. There's a testing in that. God ain't going to test you with evil. But God's going to test you to see if you're going to trust him. And let's say you do trust him on what you have. But a day go by. Then a week go by. Then two months go by. Then three months go by. And you say, wait a minute. You told me to empty my bank account, God. I emptied my bank account. Now, God, it's been three months and I ain't seen nothing. Mumbering and complaining. Don't get you nothing from God. But what does happen is even though you don't see it naturally, you're giving God glory that you have more than enough in your house to do what needs to be done outside of what you see. God, you said, so I'm going to go on what you said. So God, I already got my bills paid. I already got food on my table. God already got everything I needed because you told me to do this. I'll go back. I'll go back to the woman who was going to lose her sons because of the debitors. They were going to become slaves. First thing Elijah asked, what you got in your house? I only got oil in a little jar, whatever it was, a pot of oil. Elijah said, well, I want you to take and go borrow some vessels. Borrow means ask for some vessels, as many Listen what he said, as many as you can. So she went and asked for those containers. He said, when you get the containers, I want you to start pouring the oil in them. So they begin to pour and they begin to pour, but they had to shut the door. See, when God is telling you to do something, you got to shut yourself off from family. You got to shut yourself off maybe from your husband, maybe from your wife. You got to shut yourself off from people that do not believe what you believe. You cannot have people in your circle that are not where you are. I'm talking about even Christians. So they had to shut the door. When they shut the door, he said, just, just keep pouring the oil. And as they poured the oil, the oil did not stop until the last vessel. That mean if they had many, 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 many more, the oil would have kept flowing. So she had enough to pay off the debt and she had enough to live off of. Is that not living by what you believe and not by what you see? Come on, the word tells us how to live, y'all. But what we do, we get so dependent on ourselves, we feel like if I don't do it, have y'all ever heard this phrase? If I don't do it, it'll never get done. And then they'll come at you and say, well, do it then. And you hate to hear that because now you got to go do it. Right? So this is what we have to do. We have to totally, I mean totally, depend on God so much that we're not looking at reality. That means no matter what reality say, what did God say? You got to know what God is saying instead of knowing what reality is saying. This is why the Bible again says, we walk by faith and not by sight. 
meaning that we live by what we believe and not by sight. What do you believe? Let's move a little bit further. So it's a lot of people in the Bible. They trusted God. Things did get bad, y'all. On your walk with God, you're going to have some things that's going to make you feel like that there is no God. How many in this building? You're going to feel like God... I know what you said, but if you said what you said, these things shouldn't be happening in my house. Why not your house? Because the minute that you grab hold to God's word and you standing on that word, that's when all hell is going to break loose. That's when all things are going to begin to change. And when I say hell, I'm literally saying hell, dealing with fire, dealing with the things that the enemy want to bring on. When you stand with God's word and you standing on what God will have you to do, everything begin to break loose in your house. Meaning that husbands and wives begin to come against each other because the wife is believing what God says and the husband is saying, we need the money now. You need to leave that alone and you need to get another job. But when you standing and doing all to stand, you're going to take that husband in that room with you and not, not naturally, but in the spirit. And you're going to say, God, I thank you that you say we're two are gathered together. You in the midst. I thank you that my husband is in the midst with us. I thank you, God, that we cannot walk together unless we be agreed. So I thank you that we're walking together so we can be agreed. God, I thank you that what the enemy meant for his harm, God, you turned it around and you have already made made it for his good. I thank you, God, that he is a man of valor. I thank you, God, that he's bringing food in this house for this family. I thank you, God, that he's getting to know you as his father. You're supposed to speak those things that be not as though they were. You don't supposed to be saying that rascal that no good rascal he was no good when I married him he'll never be no good he's a liar he's a cheat I can't stand him he got to get out of this house he don't serve a purpose up in here he's just like the devil himself and that's how he's gonna be because you called it but when you speak opposite to what a person is doing and how God created them to be guess what gradually you're gonna see change You're going to see that it's the same God that showed mercy on you. He's showing mercy on him. He has no respectable person. I don't know why we can be so saved that we can't look into somebody's heart and know God loves you just as much as he loved me. It is nothing that no one in this room have done that God haven't paid the price for. He's paid the price for past present and future so even if I mess up in my future the blood is already coveted if I mess up presently the blood is already coveted if I messed up in my past God said I'm going to get rid of all of that because I know you're going to mess up but because I love you I ain't looking at you I'm looking at the blood so if you're looking at somebody you basing it on you, the law. You ain't basing it on what God done. Oh, my goodness. None of us in this room was worthy enough to die, to save the whole world. We weren't holy enough. We weren't righteous enough. But God said, I love you so much. I'm going to come down from heaven 
And I'm going to take your place. He said, I'm going to give up my life as a living sacrifice. He said, I'm going to give up my life for you. So that way I'm going somewhere. Your faith is in me and not in you. So everything that you need is coming from me and not coming from what you do to get it from me. Oh, y'all don't get it. This is faith. That means if I messed up right now, I'm not guilty before God. I've got an inroad for the enemy to come in and attack me in my soul, but in my spirit, he can't touch me. I can still go before God and say, in the name of Jesus. You said you shall supply, even though I messed up, I can still go to God because he don't see my mess up. He see his son, but I have to acknowledge my mess up for the soulish area. It don't stop God from, I'm going to prove it to you. Abraham, God gave him a promise. He said he'd be the father of many nations. Did he not? He gave him that promise. Abraham and Sarah, they waited. And they waited on the promise and looked like it was so far off. Sarah said, honey, sugar bear, love of my life. Abraham, father of many nations. I'm giving you permission to lay with my maidservant. I want you to lay with her so we can have a child. You know, God said we're going to have a child, so get busy with her. Abraham said, okay. So Abraham got busy with Hagar. After Hagar got pregnant, the devil got busy. And she started despising Sarah. When Sarah saw her, despising her, doing her wrong, she went to Abraham. Abraham said, you hand to her. So Sarah handed her to the point that Hagar ran away. But let me tell you something about God. Because he made a covenant with Abraham. Whatever come from Abraham would be under a covenant. Right? So this is what God told Hagar. You go back and you be respectful. I'm paraphrasing. To Sarah, you do what she said. And then he began to tell her about her son, Ishmael. He shall be, it shall be many because of Abraham. She went back, but guess what? God still did not take away what he said to Abraham. You still going to be a father of many nations. Even though you listen to your wife more than you listen to me, you still going to be that father. Y'all got to catch this. Even though you mess up, God is not going to change what he said. See, this is the guilt that the enemy want us to feel, y'all. When we mess up, he want us to feel like God ain't who he say he is. Come on, if God is who he say he is, why you still got pain in your body? If God is still who he say he is, why you still broke? If God is who he still say he is, why you don't have a husband? Why you don't have a wife? If God is who he say he is, why is your wife treating you like this? Why is your husband treating you like this? If God is who he say he is, why are you walking by yourself? If God is who he say he is, why are you alone? That's why you got to know what the word is saying. In order to give an answer to all the doubt that the enemy is bringing. You got to be able to bring the word back 
not to prove to him, but to know for yourself what God has said. So this is what happened with Abraham, even though they messed up. Come on, Isaac, still come forth. He still come forth. Then the word of God says that Abraham was fully persuaded. Abraham was so convinced that God will do exactly what he said he will do. Whatever God said, God is going to do it. That's just how convinced Abraham was. Abraham said, even if I messed up, God still got to do what he said. Because God is man that he shall not lie. Neither the son of man that he shall repent. Have he not said it? Shall he not do it? Have he not spoken it? Shall he not make it good? So what God is speaking is not dependent on what you do. What God is speaking is dependent on what Jesus have already done. I want y'all to catch this. Because we mess up every day. But when we mess up, we get it right. Why do we get it right? Because we know what God has done. And that was, that's what make us turn from what we don't. Y'all don't get it. Why are so many people backsliding? The reason why is because they're not in the word enough. To know what God has done, to be able to stand on what God has done, to keep moving forward in what God has done. So we see, in order to walk by faith, we have to believe in what God has said. In order to walk by faith, we have to believe in what God has said from the beginning to the end. We will go through some things, y'all. I don't know about y'all. But I've been through some things. Some people say, oh, you're young. You don't go through. The devil's a lie. You go through even in the womb. How can you go through in the womb? Because if your mama is carrying you and she got fear, she got worry, she got doubt, she got stuff going on around her, the baby is catching it as well. So when the baby come out, the baby going to come out in fear. The baby going to come out in doubt. The baby going to come out learning those things because the baby is experiencing those things through the mother, through the father, while the baby's in the womb. So you wonder why kids are coming out watching TV? You wonder why kids are coming out cussing instead of saying dad, and mama you wonder why kids are coming out and say give me a smoke you wonder why you wonder why kids are coming out and you saying I don't understand how my child can be so jealous they're only one years old because the mama was jealous the devil the daddy was jealous the mama was rejected the daddy was rejected now the child is living a rejected life I'm hearing this in my spirit. I give you so much. You shouldn't be rejected. You bought on rejection. I don't want your toys. I want your love. I want to be loved by you. But I want to give y'all a nugget in this room. For everybody that felt as if mom and daddy don't love me. Let me give you a nugget. Y'all, it helps you along the way. And some parents will say, how can you say I don't love you as much as I do for you? A toy don't show love. Giving them a toy, giving them a game and putting them in the wrong, that don't show love. That just show gimme, gimme. That's not love. Listen to what this psalm says. Psalms 2710, when my father and my mother forsake me, then the Lord would take care 
of me. The first thing we got to do as parents, and I believe sometimes we miss it. We got to let our children know I may not be what you want me to be at all times. But when you feel like I'm not there, I want you to know that God is always there. We got to raise them up early because sometimes kids have some expectations that we can't fulfill. Even being saved, sanctified, filled with the Holy Ghost. Sometimes things get a hold to our children through our past life that we was not aware of when we was out cussing, smoking, laying around, doing all kind of foolishness. Come on, do we remember when? When we were doing all of those things that we should not have been doing, but now we're serving the Lord and we're trying to live right for our children, right? But all of a sudden our children is feeling some kind of way. And we're trying to figure out why is my child acting out? Why is my child doing what they're doing? I've always been there for my child. That's when your faith in God have to rise up. And that's when you got to go to your heavenly father and say, heavenly father, I don't know what's going on with my child. I raised them the best way that I could. See, it's dependent on him, not on you. So, Lord, what's going on? What has happened to my child? And all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit says, rejection is in your house. I want you to look at rejection and see what rejection does. And when you begin to look at rejection and you begin to sit down with your children and you begin to let them know, baby, you were accepted even before you were in my womb. You were accepted in the beloved You have always been loved by God. No matter what people do, no matter what people say, you still going to have his love because his love is unconditional. I may not can meet what you want me to meet, but God will always meet it. So you got to trust in him even more than you trust in me because I may promise you a truck and I can't get you nothing but a pinto. But I'm telling you, if you trust in God, whatever he say he's going to do, he's going to do. I may make some promises that I cannot stand by at the time I think I can. But then when it don't happen, you disappoint it. So the best thing that we can do as parents is raise them up so much in the word of God that they know the difference. They know what to do. They know how to do it. They know when to do it. They know where to do it because you're teaching them the word. And this is why God told them. He said, I want you to teach these children, these commands when they rise up in the daytime, when they lay down. I want them to be taught these commands. Come on, y'all. If we go back and look over our lives. We can tell that we paid a part in our children's lives to bring them to a place that they are today. But it's not too late because we need to tell them about God. We need to tell them about what God has done. Quit getting your children to depend on you so much because you're rejected that you want them to lean on you so much that you get mad when they don't need you no more. I'm speaking to somebody in this room. You don't want your children to leave home because your husband couldn't give you what you wanted, but you can get it from this child. That child is always there to bring me comfort, to bring me love. Mama, what you need? Mama, I got you. Mama, you just let me know. Mama, I'll be there for you. But you got to teach that child the right way. 
Baby, God got me. He's always had me and he's got you. No matter what your daddy do, no matter what your daddy say, it don't change what God has done for you. For God so loved the world. For God so loved you and me that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believe in him shall not die, shall not perish, but have everlasting life. A life that will not cease to exist. That's what we're going to go on. We ain't going on what daddy do. We're going on what he has done. That's living by what you believe. If we're waiting on a man or a woman to fix something for us, forget it. Some of y'all in this room today, you're waiting on somebody to fix something for you. You're waiting on your husband to get it right. Until that man's heart is turned over to Jesus, it will never be right. I don't care what he tell you, how he tell you, when he tell you. If his heart ain't turned to Jesus, he's going to go back to do what he's always done and it may be worse. And this is why you got to stay before the father and you got to take the word of God to assure your heart. And let yourself know this is what God is saying to you today, self. This is what we're going to do today, self. I'm picking on my brother up here because my brother, he have a lot of stores he have to deliver bread to. And sometimes it's hot. Sometimes he go through. And when we on the phone, he'll have me laugh. And he say, you know how I get through my day? He said, I talk to myself. I tell myself, this is what you're going to do today. Get up. This is what you're going to do. This is how we're going to do it. Get up. You're going to do this today. And I'm on the phone laughing with him. I say, you, you, you're doing it right. And he said, I get through my day. He said, I make it through my day. That's encouraging yourself. This is what David had to do when he was in Ziglag. When they came in and they destroyed the whole camp. They took the wives. They took the children. They took their stuff. The people was ready to stone David. David had to begin to encourage himself. And as he encouraged himself, he said, Lord, what do you want me to do? And God let him know to pursue. And everything was going to be what? Restored. It was going to be given back to him. He had to take his mind off of how people felt. And he had to put his mind on Jesus. And the only way he can do it was begin to encourage himself. Begin to worship. How many of us this morning got up and began to encourage ourselves. And say this is the day. That the Lord has made. I will. I shall rejoice. And be glad in it. How many of us. When we wake up, we say, thank you, Lord, for another day. Thank you for the breath that's in my body. Thank you, God, that I can walk, I can talk, I can see, I can hear. Thank you, God. I give you glory that I have more than enough. Why? Because you knew what I needed even before I needed it, God. God, I thank you that you have given me my daily bread. I thank you, God, that man don't live on bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. When you get up complaining, that's how your day going to go. When you get up talking about, it's high. I ain't going to make it. I just think I'm going to call in today. You know what gets me? We can call in the church, but we don't call in on money. Hello, somebody. Let me say it again. We can call in the church, but we don't call in on our money. We make it sniffling with COVID and everything else. Go to work with COVID. People.
because they knew if they didn't work, they weren't going to eat because they didn't have no money to sustain them. So they drugging on in the job. When we walk by faith, when we walk by what we believe, we're walking being God conscious. We're walking according to what the word says and not how we feel. Remember, you are a spiritual being. You're born of the spirit, not of the flesh. So that means you look to God. You don't look to your, to your flesh. And the more you look to God, y'all, I'm, I'm going to tell you for 20, is it going to be 23 years? 23, right? Me and my husband have been looking to God. For everything that has happened, some of y'all don't even know over half. We look to the hills from which cometh our help because we know our help comes from the Lord. Some days it would be weary, but I remember the scripture he gave me when I was on my job. Be not weary in your well-doing for in due season, you're going to reap if you faint not. So as God has taken me on the road of faith, I learned this lesson. I had to fight the good fight of faith. See, this is our walk with God is fighting the good fight of faith. This is your fight. Faith is what helps you fight. This is why you have on the armor and you have a shield that's called the shield of faith. That shield of faith has to be up to block the fiery dots of the enemy. If your faith shielding up, this is why you getting hit with all of these things of saying, God, why this happening to me? God, why you ain't taking care of me? God, I feel, I just feel this way today, God. What happened to your shield? You fighting the good fight of faith. Look at little David. David became king even before he got in the seat. David knew his position even before he got in the seat of being king. When David went to fight Goliath, he didn't look at how big Goliath was. He looked at what the word said. That's how he fought. He based his fight on the word. That was a good fight of faith. He was big and he was tall, but that didn't deter David. David just gave him the word. And as he gave him the word, guess what? That giant fell. So the more we stand on faith, standing on what we believe, the more things will begin to manifest in our lives. But we got to see the manifestation in the spirit first. It got to be a reality in the spirit before it comes naturally. See, if you're trying to say, well, God, the pain is still here, you're not walking spiritually. You got to see yourself healed in the spirit before you see it naturally. And the more you see yourself healed in the spirit, then you're going to be walking in your healing naturally so God is saying today church we need to walk by what we believe and quit walking by what we see the world is changing but we don't change we stand on what we believe so I'm asking you today what do you really believe do you believe God is who he say he is do you believe that God has already done what he said he's going to do When you believe that, you don't have to overwork yourself to get something. Only thing you have to do is stand still.
and see the salvation of the Lord. And the biggest thing that you can ever do is pay attention to my words. Incline thine ear unto my sayings. Let them not depart from thine heart. Let them not depart from thine eyes. Keep them in the midst of thine heart. For they are life unto those that find them. And their medicine, health to all flesh. Illustration. How many in this room have a bank account? Raise your hand. I ain't going to ask for no money. I'm just asking. How many in this room have a bank account for real? How many room put? Okay. Everybody, majority have a bank account. How many? Well, I ain't going to say that, that part because you might not want nobody to know. I'm, okay. Okay. How many have debit cards? Right? How many have cash app cards? Amen. How many can take that debit card? Willie raising the hand ahead of time. How many can take those cards, put it in the ATM, and know you're going to get some money out? For real. How many can take the cards, put it in there, and know you're going to get some money out of it? Come on. Everybody know that, right? How many can go into a store, swipe the card, know that that product is paid for? How many for real? Y'all just raising your hand like, is you hot or you just lazy? Which one is it? Huh? Where, where is your focus? Because I'm up here with all these lights. But anyway, what I'm saying is, the reason why I say that, so we don't have a problem swiping cards, doing all that, because we are sure that the money is there, right? Why is it? That when it comes to the word, we lose confidence of what God has already said. Why is it that we don't speak this as quick as we swipe a card? Because we're really not in that place to believe it. When you're truly in a place to believe what God is saying, you will swipe it everywhere you go. No matter what it looked like, no matter what it appeared to be. Y'all, I had a grandfather. I talk about him all the time. And the reason why I talk about him all the time is because the things that I saw him do. And I'm understanding that God always have a place. He always have a plan for your life. Even though I was raised in his house, I did have a, a loving father that allowed me to be raised in that house. Because that was God's plan for us. Not that my daddy didn't want me. It was just that God had a plan for me to put me where I am today. Ain't God good? So God showed me a lot through this man. And some people will be thinking, well, why you ain't talking about your grandmother? I do talk about grandmother because grandmother has showed me a lot of stuff with being a woman taking care of my man. But the things that I talk about with faith, I'm going to talk about him because I know what he showed me. Not that my grandmother didn't have faith, but Lord knows she has some faith. But this grandfather... Whatever you went to him with, he swiped that faith card. He didn't back off what he believed. This man truly walked by faith. And if you didn't want to hear what he said, it didn't matter to him. Some people would shut the door in his face. Because he talked so much about the word, they didn't want to see him coming. Come on, somebody. They didn't want to hear what he had to say. But when they got in trouble, they opened that door wide. That's the first one they want to call. 
But granddaddy talked faith so much. I remember an incident when I was going to college. I was working, going to college and working, and I had a car. I had a Chevette. And no, yeah, I had a Chevette. And I was making the payments, you know, faithfully. But it was a struggle. So I went to granddaddy one day. I got granddaddy to say, you got something in the mail. I didn't know what it was. It was a title to the car I was paying on. And I said, granddaddy, what is this? He said, this is a title to this car. I said, what does that mean? He said, that means that they gave you the title to the car and the car ain't paid for. I said, well, granddaddy, what do I do? He said, you can either call this man and let him know you got the title and the car is not paid for, or you just don't say nothing. Granddaddy gave you a choice, but he told you the right thing to do. So what he was telling me was call this man. So I called the man about the car and I said, sir, I have the title for this car. He said, I know you got the title. I said, so if you want me to continue making payments, I will make the payments for this car. He said, no, you take the car. So granddaddy gave me that valuable lesson. But then this is what granddaddy told me after the man gave me the car. He said, this is what I don't want you to do. Do not get rid of this car. Granddaddy, you know, I ain't getting rid of this car. This car paid for. Let me tell you how the devil come in. Now, granddaddy was the type. Once he tell you once, he ain't telling you no more. He done done what he had to do. That's the end of it. You just have to listen. So when my boyfriend, when he was my boyfriend, he he had an escort GT. I'm going to tell you how that happened. My granddaddy went to him one day and he told him, he said, do you want a car? He said, yes. He said, I'm going to get me a used car. He said, you don't have to get a used car. You can get a new one. And he was like, how in the world am I going to get a new car? I can't even really get a used one. So granddaddy said, this is what I'm going to do for you. I'm going to give you this handkerchief. And if you believe, not believing in the handkerchief, but if you have faith that God can get you a new car, you're going to get you a new car. So he took the handkerchief. How about, so he went to get the new car, told, told him the car he wanted. This was this Escort GT. And when he went in there to get it, he took his uncle in there with him to get the car. The man told him, you make more than your uncle. Now, how's your uncle going to help you get this car? Matter of fact, the uncle, he was drinking all the time. So they asked him, this man ain't drunk. I'm paraphrasing it. Anyway, they ran everything and they were shocked. He got the new car. Granddaddy already knew he was going to get that car, but it didn't look right in man's eyes how he got the car. That's how God worked. So when I saw that he had a car, guess what? I had to get me a car. But what did Granddaddy tell me? The Lord shared with him, do not get rid of this car. Everywhere I went to get a car, could not get a car, right? But I kept trying and trying because I wanted something new too. Finally, I got a car, y'all. Y'all remember a Yugo? It was a Yugo. Got the car, couldn't get rid of the car. I don't care what I did. The car had 26,000 miles and I had it for over five years. And the man said, what you been doing driving it backwards? Didn't like the car. So I had let my daddy drive it because it was good on gas and everything. And daddy would drive it all the time. And daddy got in an accident. Car was totaled. So daddy told me, he said, they said that they would replace this same car. I said, I don't want it. And I'm not getting that same car. So I went without a car for a little bit. Y'all, the struggle got real. This is why I tell you walking by faith and not by what you see. I went all over Wilmington looking for a car. Nobody would give me a car. But through being up under a man of faith, 
y'all, I will look into the hills from which cometh my help. And back then he told me, you can take my car. And I said, man, how am I going to take your car and you taking your mama all over the place? Is that what I said? Because he had to take his mama to and from different places. So in the car, I just bowed my head. The last place I went, it was a car with 78,000 miles on it. And the man said, well, you've been all over Wilmington. I'll give you this car. He said, no, let's just wait and talk to your daddy. Got back in the car. I bowed my head and I said, Lord, whatever you want me to have, I was willing to take it. Humility helped you to walk by faith. Lord, whatever you want me to have, that's what I'll have. Immediately the phone rung. My sister said, where are you? And I told her, she said, you remember you, this guy, Talbert Chevrolet, need for you to call him. Call Talbert Chevrolet. He said, where you been? I've been trying to get up with you. I got two new cars for you. You choose which one you want. Brand new. So I chose the car that I want. I drove that car. What am I telling y'all today? The only way you can walk by what you believe is through humility. Not through your pride. You got to take you out of it. My grandfather walked by faith and not by sight. Everything he said, he knew it was already done. He spoke it, he believed it, and he went on. So I'm telling everybody in this place, we have some times that's going to hit this land. You got to be in place. To walk by faith, by what you believe, and not by what's going on around you. It's going to be terrible things going on around you, but you got to go on what God is saying now. You cannot wait to grab it. It has to be in your heart because it's going to come a time you can't even pick up the Bible to try to find anything. It's going to have to be so much in your heart that you're going to have to stand on what God is saying based on what you're seeing around you. COVID has proven that, y'all. Everybody was so in a panic with COVID. That's all they talked about was COVID this and COVID that and COVID this. You get the shot. COVID this and COVID that. You better get the shot. If you don't get the shot, you're going to die. You better do this and you better do that. Man don't know like God. Don't get upset with people who are spending time with God that's saying, I don't have to do that because that ain't what God is saying. But if you're doing it, do it. But don't get mad at other people because they're not. See how the devil trying to make people clash? We got to stand and doing all y'all. We have to stand on what we believe. And I'm asking you today, what do you truly believe? Do you believe that God says that I shall supply all of your needs according to my riches and glory in Christ? See, if you're in Christ, all your needs are already met. God know what you're in the need of before you need it. So that need didn't sneak up on you. You should say, God, you already knew about it. So just bring it on. Bring on the money. Like these units. It didn't sneak up on us. God already knew that these two units was going to go out. But guess what? We have to keep the faith. I could have said, y'all go home. It's too hot for you. But that's not what God called me to do. God called me to stand and do it all to stand. Amen. So let's walk by faith 
and not by sight. And when you see yourself walking by sight, looking at how it appeared to be, you need to come back over here and say, I remember God when I didn't have nothing. God, you brought me out because you the same God that you were then and you the same God now. So I don't have to try to work it out on my own. Only thing I have to do is stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. Begin to speak those things that be not as though they were. And y'all, this is how me and my husband has been making it in the kingdom. Speaking those things that be not as though they were. And people are mad. They're mad because they're thinking, oh, look at them. They're taking this and taking that. No, I don't have to take anything because whatever rightfully belonged to me, God brings it. Because God can trust me with what he has placed in my hands. God knows who he can trust, y'all. So let's start walking by faith and not by sight. And whomever, whatever you holding on more than you holding on to God, you got to let it go. That's an idol. You cannot trust man's word over God's word. That means that you're saying man is better than God. You have to go to him first and foremost and say, God, what would you have me to do in this? And wait to hear what God has to say concerning that situation. Amen. Come on and give God a hand clap of praise. (laughs) Hallelujah. Isn't God a good God? Do we have any visitors at this time that would like to stand? Thanks for watching Miracle Temple Deliverance Ministries, where miracles happen. You can join us each week on Sunday at 11 a.m. Eastern for church service and on Tuesday at 7 p.m. Eastern for Bible study. For upcoming events, teachings, and ways to contact us and more, you can visit us on the web at www.mtdm.org. You can also give a donation by clicking the donation tab. God bless you and we will see you next week.